welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, along with CBS Sports Draft Analyst Chris Trapasso. And uh, we're close. I could smell it. I could smell Roger Goodell hugs. I could feel them in my body. Chris, I am so ready. I am beyond ready. I think we said it like this draft cannot get here soon enough. And we are less than a week away. So, uh, but it still feels like long. Like I'm preparing myself to see that it's draft week, like on Monday. And then we're like, oh, Tuesday and Wednesday. We've talked about this. I hope that your listeners have felt like we've covered this draft from every single angle with a little bit of a Viking spin on things. So I'm, I'm definitely, I've loved being on this podcast and I'm really looking forward to the draft actually being here. All right, well, we're going to have our most ridiculous angle yet in just a minute. Okay. But first, the Chris Trapasso Draft Show intro. Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Draft season is here. Come on, come on. There you go. To break down every need. They're not going to pick a quarterback. They need offensive linemen. They need defense. Every pro day. He had a phenomenal pro day. Explosive, really good in the three cone, the broad jump. And every mock. You could probably tell me if you think the Vikings would actually do it. I can tell you as a draft analyst that they absolutely should. Welcome to the Chris Trapasso Draft Show on Purple Insider. This is a good podcast to listen to leading into the draft. Or at least think, it was until today. So yeah, we'll see I, how this goes. I think we should make shirts next year that literally have that ridiculous quote for me at the end. <laughs> Chris Trapasso Draft Show. We'll put the Purple Insider logo on it. This is a good draft show to listen to, or this is a good <laughs> podcast to listen to to get ready for the draft. Like that was something like I was reading off like a a corporate sponsorship <laughs> right, note right. or something. That's yes, right. So uh, Chris is reading this just to prove he's still alive um, <laughs> as a hostage or something. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. This is the most fast paced mock that you're ever gonna hear, and we're I have a timer in my hand that I, I I'm like Charlie Casserly. Pointing out the, if you've ever seen that picture, with him with the best. stopwatch. Why do like they still winking? Like he's squinting to see uh, when the guy crosses the 40 yard dash. It is the year 2022. The number of technological things we can do is beyond comprehension, but we still have old scouts up in the stands at the combine clicking these stopwatches. So anyway, uh, I have a stopwatch and we're going to go through all of the first round picks for what each pick what the team should do with that pick. And we're not going to be able to trade because that would just take way too long. So if all of them stay there, what they should do with each one of the picks and you got 45 seconds and that's it. And uh, a little heckling is allowed, but it has to be 45 seconds. Boom, boom, boom. There's no Vikings letting the pick go by with Kevin Williams and then still getting Kevin Williams. No, no, no. If uh, you're off the show and, and it's my show. So I have to quit if I go past 45 seconds. That's the reality because otherwise it'll take six hours. So this is the fastest paced mock you've ever heard. Let's do this. Okay. So you are going to go first and we're going to go back and forth and you have 45 seconds to explain your thinking. So if you're ready, here we go. Any last thoughts? Uh, Are we doing like rebuttals every time or just pick, 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 pick? I think we should just do every pick. Okay. But if you want to add in your 45 seconds, if you want to say, that's a tremendously bad pick, man. But here's what I'm doing okay. next. That's part of the 45 seconds. Yeah, you got 45 okay. seconds. Otherwise, it's going to okay. take all week. Okay. 
And, uh, you know, draft season, we, we don't have any time to talk. We got to go. Here we go. All right. Okay. So you are officially uh, on uh, now on the clock with the Jacksonville Jaguars with the first overall pick. All right. We're going to pick offensive tackle Evan Neal from Alabama. Oh, now, wow. It, it feels like it should be Aiden Hutchinson. He is graded two spots higher in my scouting grade book, but the right tackle spot is a huge problem. Jawan Taylor, the former second round pick from Florida, uh, has not been very good. Let's protect Trevor Lawrence. We like Cam Robinson. I went back and watched his film. It wasn't that bad last year. He's only on a one-year deal. Let's get Evan Neal to protect Trevor Lawrence over picking a third edge rusher in the past four drafts for the Jaguars at one. Okay, with seven seconds to go. Uh, all right, on to the second overall pick, where I will, for the Detroit Lions, select Malik Willis, quarterback, mm. out of Liberty. Uh, the Lions are in the perfect position to let Malik Willis sit for a year. He has the high-end skills to be a superstar quarterback, and even if he's just good with his skill set, uh, they have built a lot around the, uh, already from tanking, and they'll be able to create the cap space, build around Malik Willis, and give him the time to develop behind Jared Goff, who's a pretty decent technical quarterback, so he can learn how to play the game and then step into a very, very good situation and give the Detroit Lions their first chance in a very, very long time to actually win something. So it is Malik Willis with the number two overall pick. Now, on to number three, the Houston Texans. This is what they should do, by the way, not what we think they'll do. Just a reminder, I'm going to keep saying that throughout. So uh, nobody tweets me and says, they'll never draft that guy. Uh, Houston Texans... You are on the clock, 45 seconds with the number three overall pick. Before I make the pick, I'm going to use part of my 45 seconds to say bravo for picking Malik Willis there. You're right. Everything that you said is perfect. The Houston Texans are going to pick Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan. Very close in my grading system with Kayvon Thibodeau. You can maybe uh, sell me that Thibodeau has a higher ceiling, but I like the fact that Aiden Hutchinson's pass rushing moves are better right now. And I don't think he's that much worse of an athlete he just feels like high floor with a decent ceiling and that's a roster that needs a ton of work yes i agree with you you are 10 seconds uh, short so i'll use that 10 seconds to just say that houston just needs ball players they need football men you can't go any sort of positional consideration there so i am on the clock with the new york I'm keeping Jets. track here by the way oh of uh of the picks of the picks, so we can like okay. recite them at the end. No, of none of us have time timed it out. Maybe we'll stop. We'll stop before the Vikings and then fill out the the picks. Okay. 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 So I am. Wait, hold on. I'm resetting. So now I'm on the clock. 45 seconds for the New York Jets, and this may be the first shocker of the draft. I'm going to select Jamison Williams for mm. the New York Jets because I think he could be a game changing wide receiver when he comes back from his ACL injury. You have Zach Wilson. He needs receivers. They need playmakers. And look, you can get a corner later. What matters to you is putting everything you can around that asset. And Zach, you know, Zach Wilson, everyone sort of bailed. Oh, you know, he's bad last year. Second half of the season, showed some flashes, has really special arm talent that if he can find a way to use and understand football at the NFL level and have the receivers to throw to, like Jamison Williams, he might be able to succeed, but you got to find out by giving him everything he needs. Stop. That was a 44 seconds. So you mm. are now on to the New York Giants in the what should they do draft. Go. I'm going to use some of my 45 seconds to say that selection of Jamison Williams aligns with your thinking that wide receiver is probably the second most valuable position in the NFL today. So I think hats off for going bold there with the Jets. Uh, there wouldn't be any booze. It's not Radio City Music Hall. It's in Vegas. <laughs> I am going to go 
with the New York Giants, Charles Cross from Mississippi State. He's a better pass protector than Aki Aquanu. The highlight reel isn't quite as good, but I'm fine with that. He just blocks everything in pass protection, whether it's Daniel Jones or next year's 2023 quarterback. You got to get better up front. So pick Charles Cross, the best pass protector in this class. Okay. And uh, you are, you are well underneath the clock. So you've got maybe 10 okay. more seconds to work okay. with there. I'm just, uh, I don't want to get kicked off the show. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I know. I'm, I mean, th- that's how serious this is uh, on to the next pick though. And uh, you know, I think that them trying to load up on an offensive line. So when they eventually move on from Daniel Jones, they can have everything on that offense. Not a bad idea. Uh, Carolina Panthers. My gosh. Wow. I mean, so many different ways you could go here. A big part of me wants to pick a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers at this moment. But I think that if one particular player drops this far, you have to select him. And that is Kayvon Thibodeau, that they can continue to load up on their defense, trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield, have a pretty good team, draft a quarterback next year and have a potential elite pass rusher at this point with Kayvon Thibodeau. And you know what? If he's got attitude problems, they could just blame Matt Rule, bring in a new coach, and he'll deal with Kayvon Thibodeau's attitude. So that's who I'm picking for the Panthers. On to the New York Giants. All right. I'm going to go with Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU. He's my number one corner over Ahmad Sauce Gardner. He's been that way since I graded them, I think in, I don't know, January, February. Uh, I think when healthy, he can be that Marshawn Lattimore high-end, man-to-man, zone ability, elite cornerback. And there's been a lot of speculation that the Giants want to trade James Bradbury, or even if they don't, he's not in their you know long-term future, given his age. Uh, we would have loved Kayvon Thibodeau here, but we like the depth at the edge group. We'll just pick the best available player. We don't love any of the receivers after Jamison Williams this high. Stingley's my number over two overall player, so he's uh, a good pick here for us. 44 seconds. Well done. Brilliant. Brilliant. The folks at CBS can't believe it that you're just in under the bar right there. Magical. All right. uh, Now to the Atlanta Falcons. There is a major part of me, a major part of me saying, pick Sam Howell, guys. Just pick Sam Howell. Let him develop for a year. Your quarterback situation is a disaster. But then I looked at their roster, Chris. It's bad. Nobody. There are no human beings who are good at football on this roster. So what I'm doing for the Atlanta Falcons is just suggesting You pick a human being who's good at football and you select him with your draft pick. And that is going to be Kyle Hamilton, who is, in my opinion, the best player on the board here. I am not concerned about his 40, but you know what? If his 40 is bad, well, you're drafting a quarterback next year anyway. So whatever. But you've got to get good players on that football team. You could start with Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, that's a really good pick. Uh, I like it. He's my number one overall player. And I think safety is growing in importance. I don't understand this. Oh, you don't want to pick a safety that high. Have you seen all the good defenses in today's NFL have good safeties? And 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 that's in Buffalo. That's been in you know Minnesota in the past. Look at the playoff teams. Uh, a lot of them had at least one quality safety. That's Hamilton. At number nine for the Seahawks, I'm going to pick Iki Aquanu, the offensive guard or offensive tackle from NC State. If they want to run the football, Pete Carroll seemingly still does. He still believes it's early 2000s. He's 70 years old. They're not real, not really rebuilding, I guess. Icky does have pass rush uh, or pass blocking upside, but is probably the most you know impressive road grader in this class. The most impressive road grader. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's a, a good pick for them. They are also in the same point where they need to just get good football players and set up for their next quarterback, whomever that might be. Well, now the New York Jets back on the clock here, and Ahmad Sauce Gardner 
is mm. still there. And I feel like this is just obvious as much as I would love to draft other wide receivers for the jets. When you have a player who is maybe a top five talent uh, that could be your shutdown corner, you got to take them. The jets still need a lot of defensive help. So what they should do is take Ahmad Gardner in this situation and, and they get to go to the podium and say, boy, we didn't expect him to be there as uh, all 32 GMs did not ex- or 31. <laughs> the number one pick is expected to be there. All right. 42 seconds for me. So back to you. Uh, you are on the clock with the commanders. The commanders uh, right ahead of the Vikings are going to pick Drake London, my number one wide receiver. He's graded inside my top 10. And you have the separator in Terry McLaurin with Drake London. You get the big body contested catch yak wide receiver who for Carson Wentz, who's going to not be very accurate. You need a wide receiver that can have a gigantic catch radius and make those inaccurate throws look accurate by making those catches. The one thing I'll say about your pick with sauce Gardner, this is a, what we would do, but it feels like that could be the inverse of what ultimately happens on draft night. Sauce Gardner mm-hmm. at four and then Jamison Williams at 10. Yes, this is. Yeah. And uh, that's that's how this changes. Everything is just what we would do. Not, no real considerations of how we expect the board to go. Just here's the players. Here's where we think they should fit uh, on to the next pick, which is the Minnesota Vikings. I think we should both pick someone for the Vikings here. Okay. Uh, I'll put mine down You know, for the record uh, that I would take Chris Olave here from Ohio State. Okay. Uh, Game changing wide receiver, separator, playmaker, blazing fast put him in this offense today, make the playoffs. And then for the future, you have either Justin Jefferson insurance or a Justin Jefferson best friend. So I will go with Chris Olave, but uh, you can have uh, you can have a pick as well. If you want, tell me if yeah, you like. I'll go. Yeah, I like it. It makes sense. I feel like we dedicated almost an entire episode once on just the merits of picking a wide receiver for yes. the Vikings. I would go Garrett Wilson. He's graded higher than Chris Olave for me. I think he's a little bit better after the catch. Olave is more technically sound as a route runner. Uh, I just think Wilson gives you more just athleticism, more springiness, more Stefan Diggs to his game, where I think Chris Olave, if you want to use you know another Vikings comparison, is a little more Adam Thielen. Like his routes are going to be very technical right out of the gate. I mean, Diggs mm-hmm. is a good route runner, but it was about his athleticism after the catch, making plays down the field. So I would go Garrett Wilson, but we do agree both would pick wide receiver if the board fell this way. Okay. Uh, back on the clock for you for the Houston Texans at mm. pick number 13, which is uh, apparently not been traded for Debo Samuel yet. Man, this is, this is now tough. And and this can be eating into my, into my uh, 45 seconds, man, let's go for the Houston Texans at 13. I just want to make sure they, we, I had them with Aiden Hutchinson at three. I'm going to have them going 15 let's seconds. do arnold abacady from penn state uh he's my number three edge rusher i think he's got pass rush move uh galore bend speed to power he's a, a future alpha edge rusher in the nfl 44 seconds again right to the very edge uh you are taking these picks but uh, i mean if i th- i think just phil- philosophically speaking that loading up on defensive line is the only way to stop elite passers. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there's yeah, any I'm corner, doubling up. Yeah, any shutdown corner in the league. So if you want to build those guys for the future to have a great defense, that's a, a good way to go. So now I am back on the clock with the Baltimore Ravens. And, oh, I uh, haven't done a lot of thinking about the Baltimore Ravens here so far. But, you know, Trayvon Walker, again, not super realistic, is still on the board here. 
uh, along with Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis. There's a lot of talent here. I think I am going to go, however, with uh, Garrett Wilson. I'm, I think I'm going to go with getting Lamar Jackson some more weapons. And if they end up having to move on from Lamar Jackson someday, then the next guy has weapons. That's my 45 seconds. Garrett Wilson to the Ravens. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yes, I'm I'm totally fine with doubling up on two edge rushers for the Texans because that's another roster that is barren. Like there is no good players on that roster. So you don't have to just pick and choose different holds. Let's just load up at edge rusher. Uh, for the Eagles at 15, we are going to go Andrew Booth from Clemson. You know, in reality, he's injured. So it feels like he's going to drop a little bit because no one's quite sure how healthy he is. When healthy, lightning quick feet elite ball skills he was a big recruit that i think pretty much lived up to that status even though clemson kind of took a downturn post uh trevor lawrence that's a a secondary that has darius slay and not much else so andrew booth i think can be that secondary guy and then eventually take over for darius slay folks minnesota sports teams are in the playoffs yes that's right playoffs Minnesota sports teams is happening. And for all your Minnesota sports inspired gear, go to sodastick.com. That's S O T A S T I C K.com. They have hockey, basketball, all sorts of great designs on hoodies, on shirts, on hats, everything you need. Go there. Use the promo code purple insider for 15% off your purchase. Again, that is sodastick S O T A stick.com 15% off with the promo code purple insider. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I was surprised that uh, their defense, uh, their defensive coordinator got like head coaching buzz because their defense wasn't good last year. And the the best moments they had was because they had a stretch of opposing quarterbacks that were not great. Uh, Okay, the New Orleans Saints are on the clock here. And uh, the Saints have two picks within three. So it makes me wonder if I would be able to select Sam Howell here at the second pick of these. Like they have 16 and number 19. Which, so I think that for this one, I will go with Trayvon Walker here and say that if the Walker buzz turns out to be totally fake, that the middle of the first round is still a great place to take one of the freakiest of the freaks. And uh, they, they lost Trey Hendrickson a few years ago. They need some help. Yeah, I would be okay with that, even though I, he is my buyer beware prospect. I've written about it. We talked about it. If he's picked in the middle of the first, I wouldn't give it a crazy bad draft grade on on draft night just because I get it from the, you know, he's got upside based on his combine workout. At number, what are we at, 17? 17, the, yep. Chargers. 17 for the Chargers. Um, I'm going to go Sky Moore, wide receiver from Western Michigan. I absolutely love his game. I wrote about him at CBS Sports super early on. Release packages, the separation ability, contested catch, and his yak. He forced the most missed tackles among all wide receivers in college football last year. Add him to that receiver group with Justin Herbert, you could be the highest scoring offense in the NFL. Just under the wire with that one. Uh, I like the pick. 
even though you know a lot of people have Sky more maybe as a second rounder, but Why? The, he's good. The value good. he can give, even if he's just good and not great, is probably higher than a lot of these other positions. So Philadelphia back on the clock. We're going to have a lot of repeat teams in this draft where we're saying, wait, didn't they just pick a few selections ago? Uh, the answer is they did, but they're going to get more defense this time with George Karlaftis. Mm. Um, because I think that they're in a in a decent spot on the offensive line. Decent spot with Devontae Smith at receiver. I don't think this is a time yet to go quarterback. Maybe next year. Got to find out how good Jalen Hurts can be. Keep loading up on those defensive players to try and build an elite defense. George Kerlaftis goes to Philadelphia. Now, will you go quarterback with the Saints, which was my plan by picking, uh, you know, uh, a defensive player at 16? Are you going quarterback? I'm going quarterback. I'm not going to screw you over like, I got the first Eagles pick. You got the second one. You got the first Saints. I get the second one. I'm going to go Kenny Pickett. I, I think for as much as he is week one ready, uh, I'm fine with him not playing right away. And I think in time we will see the interception prone Jameis Winston come out. Um, there's you know no more Sean Payton. There's a new head coach. Just get your quarterback. I mean, you made that weird trade up, whether it's at, at 16 or 19, get your quarterback in Kenny Pickett. I think you got a, a pretty good prospect who could be a top half of the league passer in the next couple of years. Uh, I am less of a fan of Kenny Pickett than I am of the guy who I'm picking for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is Sam Howell. And I, there's a ton of Steelers Malik Willis buzz, but sorry, folks, he went to the Detroit Lions. I am not a Desmond Ritter believer at this moment. He's going to have to prove me wrong. Sam Howell. If it was a year ago, he would have been a top draft pick quarterback if he had come out. But all those other you know, quarterback prospects were out last year. I'm going to believe that he's closer to the guy he was two years ago than the guy we saw last year. I'm going to go with the big arm with a lot of weapons there in Pittsburgh, maybe a dicey offensive line. Maybe he doesn't play right away, but weapons for him to work with in the future and use that big arm. So Sam Howell is the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have him graded a lot lower than this, but from the pick a quarterback perspective, I totally would get it. And the one note about Sam Howell, he's only 21. All these other guys are 23. They played 50 games. We don't really know who Sam Howell is yet, although he has three years of starting experience. At 21 with the Patriots, I'm going to go Daxton Hill, the safety slot corner from Michigan. I think he's the perfect Bill Belichick type to be versatile, to be that Patrick Chung, uh, that he loves all of the versatility in the secondary. Dexon Hill's got length and fluidity, ball skills. I think he'd be a great fit with the Patriots. Okay, our next one is the Green Bay Packers, which I'm sure Vikings fans want me to have them take a running back. No, I have to take the best player for them, which is going to be considered by the outside world as a reach. They're saying, what were they thinking? Why did they take George Pickens with the 22nd mm. overall pick? Because you know why? So he didn't play much last year, but he's really good, friends. And if he hadn't been uh, out, he would probably be even a little higher on a lot of people's boards, I think. Uh, didn't have a great quarterback to work with. Did a lot of good stuff in college. And that team lost their best wide receiver. They need to replace him. And I know we're overdrafting receivers, but I think it's worth it. And the more you look at the value uh, and the more you look at their situation, they need someone who can help them right away. And that is George Pickens. Another one I love uh, because I have a first round grade on George Pickens. Like you mentioned, had he not torn his ACL last March, we would have been like, oh, this guy's a top 20 pick. Like he he was tracking in that 
area since he was like a freshman at Georgia. At 23, I'm going to stay with this overdrafting, quote-unquote, of wide receivers. I'm going to pick Traylon Burks from Arkansas for Arizona Cardinals at 23. I just feel like they have DeAndre Hopkins, they lost Christian Kirk, and you're in this Kyler Murray contract dispute. Like, who are your other receivers? You re-signed um, A.J. Green, who's like mid-30s. Rondell Moore didn't do much as a rookie. Traylon Burks can just be that bubble screen guy in that air raid offense. Okay, I'm going to go with uh I don't I haven't actually watched a whole lot of Traylon Burks because I just feel like he's not in the in the Vikings range. Um, but he seems like he's the physical freak uh of the group. Speaking of that, the Dallas Cowboys on the board at number 24, physical freaks. He lit up the NFL combine. It is Jordan Davis who is going to be picked to Dallas because they've got Micah Parsons moving all over the place on that defense, put a physical freak in the middle shut down the run a little better than they did. You've got Trayvon Diggs, you know, in the secondary picking off passes. And if you're trying to build a championship contender, you probably still need a great defense as the Rams showed us this year. You can't just uh, have a good passing game. So Jordan Davis helps out the Dallas Cowboys. I really like that. And I, I have Jordan Davis graded just outside my first round positional value baked into that. Obviously he's a nose tackle, but that would make sense closer to the end of, of round one for a team that certainly needs it for the bills at 25. I'm going Roger McCreary cornerback from Auburn. Had he uh, measured in with 31 inch arms and maybe ran four, four, nine instead of four five Oh, I think there would be a lot of talk about him going in the first round. His film is sensational. He played a lot more man than probably what the bills would ask of him, but he's just a really good player who from the get go, I said, this guy is like Tredavious white to a T multiple years in the sec a lot of pass breakups the bills need that number two corner they should be ecstatic if this is how the board fell to get roger mccreary at 25 okay uh i don't know a lot about him either um but his arms are not long enough so immediately you blew it that was the first pick we've gotten wrong (laughs) his arms aren't long enough he's done uh now tennessee is the next one on the board here i weird one uh, yeah i it feels like their defense was really good last year, so they don't need to go defense. But at the same time, a player that I really like, and you have to tell me if I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, Lewis Sign, is it right? Is that how you say it? C I N E. Seen. Lewis Seen. Well, I yep. seen him going to Tennessee uh, <laughs> because I think that with so much talk about Kyle Hamilton, Lewis Seen is not getting a whole lot of discussion. Georgia defensive players add on, load up on that defense. Defense and running wins football games in Tennessee. That's a good one. Uh, I think he's probably going to go in the first round too. Uh, at what, 27, 27 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to go Zion Johnson from Boston College. That's right around where I have him graded. He's my number, actually my number 22 overall player. Uh, they did bring in Shaq Mason, but I, I think to just keep the interior of that offensive line solidified. Tom Brady's like been on the record saying, I hate the interior pressure. Uh, Zion Johnson, great run blocker too. Would just be a high floor player on what's probably the league's best offensive line, especially if you add Johnson to it. Okay. Uh, for the next pick, I've got the Packers again, and they lost the Darius Smith in the off season. So I will replace him with Jermaine Johnson, who a lot of people are talking about as being a very high pick, but in this case, it would be really good value. I don't think that he is somebody who should be drafted in the top 10, but uh, at the end of the first round, this is a guy that you can draft, develop as a pass rusher. So I'm going to go pass rusher there for the Green Bay Packers. I did 
consider another receiver, um, but I couldn't find one that I liked at this spot. So I go Jermaine Johnson. That's a good one. That's where I, I kind of feel he should ultimately go, but he's going to go way earlier than that. At uh, 30 or 29 overall, first of back-to-back picks, I get one for the Chiefs, then you get one. I'm going to go Jalen Petrie from Baylor. There's a lot of comparisons to Tyron Matthew. And to me, looking at the Chiefs roster, there's Patrick Mahomes, uh, there's Chris Jones. I, I don't see a lot of like these are Super Bowl caliber players. I think especially on defense, losing Charvarius Ward, losing Tyron Matthew, they have to add some talented pieces. And Jalen Petrie is that. He's a slot guy, free safety blitzer. That's the type of player they need on that secondary. That is a good selection for them after losing Tyron Matthews, you mentioned. And now, uh, you know, there's a part of me that wants to go back-to-back secondary. When Trent McDuffie, they're showing him on the camera out there at Vegas. Trent McDuffie's family's there. They're apoplectic. We were told we were going to be at the top of the first round, and we've dropped all the way to the bottom. He's very sad. But there's also another part. This team has had such linebacker problems. Devin Lloyd, do you take him here? Do you go with an offensive lineman maybe? Like they've really loaded up that offensive line recently. Do you go wide receiver here when so many wide receivers have come off the board? They just signed some guys. Uh, but I'm going to go I'm going to go pass rusher. I'm going to go a guy that I like, Boye Mafe from Ooh. the University of Minnesota. Absolute monster freak combine and uh I think that he would be a good selection for them to increase their pass rush. Yeah, early in the season when the Chiefs were really struggling, it was like They had no pass rush. They were using Chris Jones as an edge rusher because it was like Frank Clark wasn't doing anything. I believe he was injured too. They have no one else. So to go back-to-back defense and then pick receiver later would make a lot of sense. At 31, Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to keep the offensive line restructuring going and pick Tyler Linderbaum, who I think should be one of the last picks in round one. I think he's gotten a little bit overhyped, shorter arms, a little bit lighter than people thought. The athleticism's through the roof. Uh, the center position was not one that was addressed by Cincinnati this offseason. They still have Trey Hopkins there who had his struggles in the Super Bowl with Aaron Donald, like most centers do. Linderbaum would just be the final cherry on top for this offensive line reconstruction this offseason for Cincinnati. And I think for the final pick at 32, Trent McDuffie and his family can finally be happy. It was very stressful for them this entire time. Uh, They were already preparing the 30 for 30 about how Trent McDuffie dropped to the final pick of the draft, but he is selected as uh, at that point, I think Detroit just needs to take the best player on the board. If they've already taken their quarterback, then it's just get more talent on your defense. Uh, We kind of maybe forget how atrocious the Detroit Lions defense was last year. I'm considering their offense was so bad. So there we have it. All right. So uh, I think I, I'll just let's talk about this. We were going to stop at the Vikings, but then we were just we had too much momentum. We just kept going. So Recruiting. why don't we why don't we do uh, why don't we break down what we did before the Vikings and leading up to them? Talk okay. about the Vikings pick and then which ones toward the end were kind of intriguing. So at the very top of the draft, you taking Evan Neal. What do you think the odds of this are? So you think that's who they should take, but are the odds of them going anyone except for a defensive end? I, it feels like they're pretty low. It's pretty low. Uh, we did get the report last week that Doug Peterson's kind of like, hey, I'm an offensive guy, and we have this quarterback. Why are we going edge rusher? We picked Josh Allen in 2019, Caleb on in 2020. Not that the defensive line is great, but it's like, is this the biggest need right now? Like, Even if we have like five more sacks as a team, are we going to be that much better? Or if Trevor Lawrence 
uh, is not under pressure nearly as much, wouldn't that move the, move the needle more? And I think it would. So I just looked at my big board and see Aiden Hutchinson at three, and I see Evan Neal at five, and that's where no GM would ever admit this, but you just you go need over value when it's that or, or, or over just your board when it's that close, and it is offense over defense. We've talked about it. If, if you're not sure they're close, flip a coin. No, you always let the coin land on offense and say, let's help protect our young franchise quarterback. Now, somebody told me, I don't even remember who it was, maybe the combine, that they want to keep Cam Robinson long-term. Uh, which is, you know, who knows? You get into random conversations with people. But uh, this makes a lot of sense to me to go with a tackle because I don't think Cam Robinson's all that good. Um, and uh, so, you know, if you're picking somebody else to be your franchise uh, tackle, well, uh, I don't know that it should be Robinson to be the guy that you pay. Like, I think he's mm-hmm. a guy that you don't mind, but not a guy exactly. that you pay. So yeah, I know that's yeah, I think it's a good one. Yeah, that's perfect. Like when when they franchised him again, I actually went back and like watched some film and I was like, oh, he's not as bad as I remembered him at like Alabama or early in his in his NFL career. But that's what I figured. I was like, okay, he's a franchise guy. What happens after this season? Like, are you going to give him like a top of the market deal? That's definitely, you know, well too far out from what I would do with Cam Robinson. So, So that was, you know, baked into the decision to go Evan Neal. Yeah, I think I, I think it's reasonable, but if I were to guess, it's probably just the the guy that we've all expected, Aiden Hutchinson. Don't overthink it. Uh, Malik Willis, we've talked about this quite a bit, so I, I won't say too much about it. It's just that you know Detroit is in a position, the perfect position, to draft a quarterback and have him sit, and you have to do that this year. I don't think you could throw any one of these guys to the Wolves. So Malik Willis is the exact right guy to do that. And then if they have him for a year and be like, oh, no, he's terrible behind the scenes, they could probably draft another one because they're probably not going to win 13 games this year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I want to see a team like we've talked about, you know, hacking the draft last year or in like last episode, teams trading back or teams just loading up at the skill positions and having like a you know middle of the road quarterback. How about just let's have a team finally realize how valuable quarterback is. Like they all say how valuable it is, but in the draft we're picking running backs in the first round and nose tackles like Derek Brown going in the top 10, two years ago. How about a team just has a bunch of young, you know, high upside quarterbacks where they have Malik Willis. Maybe they don't even play him as a rookie. And then they, they go three and 14. They get rid of Jared Goff and Bryce Young sitting there draft Bryce Young. Then that's a good problem to have. Like we have two really valuable players that have high upside. You see who the best one is. Maybe you can flip Malik Willis, who's never played for you for another, for, for multiple first round picks. Like it's a, a, a nice conundrum that we've never seen a team have because it's always like, if you pick a quarterback, you got to stick with them. Yet teams will get rid of a Josh Rosen or a Jimmy Clausen one year in if he's not good. So that absolutely makes sense. And it, it would be cool to see even if the Lions, you know, again, don't play him right away or if he's not, uh, you know, awesome right out of the gate because the team still is not very good. Well, and teams are also so afraid of busting on a quarterback, but not as afraid of busting on other positions that, you know, also, right? I mean, the Vikings have drafted players that didn't work out and still survived in previous years, not so much recently, but uh, you know, it's like if you draft one player that doesn't go right, well then that makes you an NFL team. It happens all the time. And, but at the quarterback position, it seems to be so much more dramatic where you should look at it as, well, you're looking for value here. And uh, that's gotta be the guy you pick because of it. I don't think they'll do it, 
but uh, I think there's a really good case for it. So for the Texans, there's no reason to talk about the Houston Texans on this football show, uh, but Aiden Hutchinson would have to be the pick if he got to number three. Jamison Williams and the New York Jets. Let me, let me just say this. Let's say, now they drafted what, Elijah Moore last year. I don't know if, it, I mean, it's hard to tell if anyone is good at football on the Jets with as bad as they were last year. But let's mm-hmm. just say they were to do this, or it's Alave, or it's Garrett Wilson, and they say positional value, receiver, we need them to help uh, our quarterback. Like, would you have any belief that the Jets could be anything but a tire fire? I mean, I think that maybe because I believe that there's always that big jump for the second year, and that's when we know. Um, but this, to me, is like the only route. If they draft a defensive tackle or something, a fourth overall, I'm just be like, you're just the Jets, man. You're always going to be the Jets. Even even if they pick with their first pick the corner, even if they go Sauce Gardner, I'm like, okay, you're just the Jets. Like, are you really trying to win? I don't know. I think you're, you're just doing Jetsy things. That makes a lot of sense, and yeah, I, I would pretty much agree with that. It, it's almost like when you have these these two selections, or it's kind of the same premise as if you trade back and then pick a quarterback. It's like, well, you didn't like him initially, but now you're okay with him. At four, you're like, we love this receiver who has a direct impact on our first, our number two overall pick, first round quarterback of a year ago. We don't know if another team's going to trade up if a team from five to nine is going to pick him. We're not going to take any chances. And I would be fine with a team like the Jets doing that. Again, position matters though. If it's receiver, if it's offensive tackle, if it's quarterback, and it it sounds like I'm too strict on this or us together, we're too strict, but offense matters more than defense. And to say, hey, we love this receiver. He's maybe our number eight overall player, but we probably don't think we're going to get him at 10. Let's just pick him now. I would be completely fine with that. Um, just moving forward here a little bit, uh, the, you know, Charles cross to the Giants. Sorry, Chris, who cares? I know that was your pick, but, uh, <laughs> Kayvon Thibodeau over under six as where he ends up in this draft. Is that where we he got is? Him at, yeah, we got him books, at six. We've got him at six to Carolina is where I said that he should. I actually don't know where he is by Vegas numbers. I'm just oh, curious. Gotcha. What you think. I think looking at these picks, man, that's tough. Feels like he'll be one of the top five picks. I think we're going to get Trevon Walker or Aiden Hutchinson at one. And then with the Lions and then Texans back to back, even the Jets could pick an edge rusher, even though they're getting Carl Lawson back from injury. I feel like he'll be the guy that's like all the smoke, all the kind of seemingly made up stuff about him caring about endorsement deals, like all pro athletes do, uh, will be overblown. And that's what I always bring up on this podcast. We'll hear like Ian Rappaport say, this was going to be the pick since February, but I couldn't tweet it out. I couldn't report. Okay, sure. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think under that he'll be, you know, under pick six, one, two, three, four, or five. There's a point where the draft breaks you and then you power through and then it's just pure, <laughs> it's pure snark to the end. And that's where, that's where you've gotten to pure yes. snark to the end. I was tweeting the other day, like, I'm reporting something about the draft, and if it's wrong, then I was just speculating. But if it's right, I knew it the whole time, just so all of you know that. I saw that. Um, yeah, yeah, just being snarky. But uh, Derek Stingley, I think, is a very good chance that he does go as high as you have him, which is seven to the New York Giants. Uh, everybody has him pegged as the Vikings pick, but could go higher than that with his raw talent. Kyle Hamilton, I wouldn't be surprised if he's where I had him, which is, hey, Falcons, you should just take a good player. Or if he drops a lot farther, because sometimes we do see that post 
season, you know, off season for these draft picks 40 times, whatever else we do see it impact uh, their draft status. So I wouldn't be shocked, but I also don't want to spend any time talking about the Falcons or Seahawks or jets again. Um, Washington though. Did you consider a quarterback? I did. I don't like Kenny Pickett enough or any of the others. Uh, and with all like the capital that they already invested in the Carson Wentz trade, I was like, would it, it would, I mean, we're on the same page, like picking quarterbacks, just do it, do it, do it. I just feel like at this point you already, you know, made your bed with Carson Wentz, just let him play out at least a season and maybe get him a good wide receiver. You're probably going to have to replace Carson Wentz eventually, to have that next quarterback have Terry McLaurin and Drake London uh, as that duo, Terry McLaurin's going to get a big deal. Drake London for four seasons will be cheap. I think that would be a nice, you know, kind of landing spot for a future quarterback after Carson Wentz, you know, imminently will just completely implode once he's yes. on the commanders. Yeah, that will happen. And uh, they might be a team that thinks that Carson Wentz is going to solve all their problems. And then he's worse than last year. And then they're trying to trade up for a quarterback in 2023. There are, we, this should be like a thing later, maybe after the draft of like, okay, now how many teams are going to be drafted quarterbacks next year? Cause yep. it seems like it's going to be a lot uh, uh, with Chris Olave. And you said you would have taken maybe Garrett Wilson with 12 to the Vikings. We're so much in lockstep as they say about the receiver as a good position for the Vikings. I want you to make a devil's advocate case why they shouldn't. Is there an argument against it? Because I've talked about it for how long? And every time I talk about it, I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> every, every time I think it sounds like a great idea. What is the devil's advocate argument against taking an Ohio state wide receiver at 12? Just one of the Ohio state guys or receiver uh, just in a, general. a receiver in general. I want to be a good guest, but I cannot answer that question because, <laughs> and, and it's because I think, how the two positions, like if they are probably going to go either corner or wide receiver, the receiver group is really top heavy. I, I don't think it's quite as deep with a bunch of these complete receivers in round two and round three corner is the opposite. Like I, I think it, there's some, you know, obviously good corners at the top with, with sauce and Stingley. I think round two, round three, there's going to be a bunch of like quality starters selected. So in, in doing all these, you know, mock draft simulations, doing a, a, a rapid fire mock, you have to factor that in. Like I've done some live mocks myself and I'm like, okay, you have to see who's available at every position. And you're like, Oh, I like that corner. I like him. I like him. I like him receiver. Oh, it's getting a little bit thin in terms of the separators who are good after the catch. So I, I really think if the board falls this way and obviously it's not guaranteed to, I think Stingley could maybe be there. Um, if it were like this, if, if sauce, and Stingley were gone, I think they really should just go one of the Ohio State wide receivers um, or even Traylon Burks or whoever they like at the receiver spot because, again, it, it will have a bigger impact on your team this year and into the future after Adam Thielen either retires or he just doesn't have it anymore in 2023. I think the, you know, the best argument, if you're trying to say they should take somebody else, is probably just – if Stingley is so much better of a prospect than what you think of the wide receivers, if you just don't love any of them, then you can wait till the second round in this draft and there will be receivers in the second round who are pretty good prospects. So I, I would say that. Uh, last thing before we wrap up here in our rapid fire, what they should do mock. Um, who made the best pick of all of us for the rest of the picks after the Vikings selection? I nominate mm -hmm. me for all of them. No, I'm just kidding. 
for uh, for Jordan Davis going to Dallas, I do think there's a chance that he slips uh, because of his position, but that also that spot, if you're a dominant nose tackle who can you know push the pocket back, I think there is a lot of value in that. And I think it was probably the best value pick compared to where I think he might go a little higher because of uh, him being a physical freak. So I am selecting myself. I, I like that one for you. I'll select myself then and say the Jalen Petrie pick for the Chiefs mm. because, again, I think that is a defense that is, I don't want to say in shambles, but close. I think right now, and of course they have you know a bunch of picks, the defense right now is just ready to give up 35 points and just hope that Patrick Mahomes can score 38 without Tyreek Hill. So it is – and he's the exact type of player that they're losing in Tyron Matthew. I don't want to necessarily say he's the next Tyron Matthew, but you see shades of him in watching him at Baylor. So I think to get him that late at, what, 29, I picked him. Um, again, value is very important. Uh, one other thing I want to like mention, some some bigger-name prospects that we did not select. Mm, yeah. Nicobe N- Dean from Georgia. I actually think linebackers decently valuable when you have one that can cover, and Dean can. But it's just going through this – and this has happened to me every week at CBS that I have to do a mock draft that I, I've like literally forgotten him a few times. And I like press publish. I'm like, oh crap, I don't have N'Kobe Dean going. It's kind of hard to find like what team like really, really needs a linebacker as you get into like the twenties or so. It just happens to be how it works out that a lot of these better teams in the playoffs like already have quality linebackers. And, and I think in general, the league is um, a little bit down on the value there. And then Desmond Ritter, the quarterback that's getting, so much buzz, not in the first round. I feel like he could be that sneaky, like goes to the uh, Seahawks at like number nine. And we're all like, oh my God. Like when Blake mm-hmm. Bortles went number three overall, we're like, what was that? Like the, I mean, like that was the Jaguars pick, but we know the Seahawks are not immune to making some strange first oh, yeah? round selections. It's Pete Carroll. It's John Schneider. Yep. Like what yep. are they doing? Uh, so that was one that, that just going through it. I was wondering if you were going to pick him later but he ultimately does not go i'm higher on him but i still do have him you know near the end of my first round you're completely out on desmond ritter which is why he ultimately was not picked in this draft yeah maybe i shouldn't be maybe i'm being too harsh toward desmond ritter uh but you know we got to the second half where i would think he should go and then it's like oh well i already drafted malik willis for the lions the Packers and the Chiefs and the Bengals, like these teams don't need quarterbacks. I mean, maybe there's an argument for uh, the Buccaneers or something, but they need a player right away to help them in year one because Tom Brady's back. Uh, so you're not really picking a quarterback for the future. They also picked a quarterback last year in the second round. Uh, mm-hmm. that, okay, I don't know. Um, they need to probably like go all in this year and then tank if it doesn't work out. So uh, yeah, I couldn't really find a spot for him. I, I was thinking about picking him maybe for Pittsburgh, which might be more likely. I don't know, but I, I just went with the quarterback that I think is a little better of a prospect, but I mean, look, the, the gap between them probably isn't that far, maybe not as far as I've made it out to be on the show. Yeah. Tennessee at 20, uh, what 26 could be a possibility uh, for a quarterback, whether it be Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell, Matt Corral. Uh, but I, it's just, for as much as we've said that this quarterback class is probably not quite as bad as some people want to make it out to be, um, it's we do agree that it's not great. Mm-hmm. And I would understand if the Titans don't pick Desmond Ritter in their thought being like, is he that much better than Ryan Tannehill? Like, is his upside like way better than Ryan Tannehill? Right. I like Desmond Ritter because of his high floor, 
but we've said time and time again on this podcast that he doesn't play to his athleticism. Like I, I I've been watching NFL network and watching ESPN and they're saying he's a physical freak at the position. I'm like, no, he's not. He, he is on paper. Malik right. Willis is freaky. Desmond Ritter is not. So I could see the Tennessee Titans saying, okay, we're kind of souring on Ryan Tannehill. He's into his thirties, but do we view, like, wouldn't we kind of view Desmond Ritter as like Ryan Tannehill 2.0? Like that would be a, a good outcome for him. Yeah. So th- yep. that's like one of the only teams that I'm like later outside of the top 20 that I could see if you don't have the Lions picking one at 32, Tennessee could be an option at, at 26, but maybe they're just like, hey, none of these guys really are better than Ryan Tannehill. One week from now, as we speak, it'll it'll be time. We, we will be, as we are wrapping this up, 10 minutes away from the actual NFL draft. How about that? What a and time we're to doing, be alive. We're doing one more to talk all Vikings, right? One or two more. I I'll do whatever you want to do. I mean, we're yeah. we're we're planning on air here, but I think a, a, every every single day, just like draft sim every single day. That's what you should do. Uh, yeah, we could do we could do one more. Get like final on record. Here's what they will do, and we can go beyond the first round. We spent so much time on the first round. We haven't really done uh, too many simulations and stuff into the other rounds, so we could talk about that. Yeah, I was thinking though, maybe I mean, yeah, like we're just doing a what what we would do. Even if we, I mean, I don't know if you want to do this, skip next week. I'm talking after the draft to really oh, go sure, yeah. over the Viking selections. I can be as super duper nerdy as possible and talk about their seventh rounders. Um, do they have a bunch of seventh rounders? Or, no, they've not yet. Sixth rounders. They might. Uh, yeah, they're going to trade back <laughs> and, and, and keep you in that press room for yes, ages. Yes, right. Luckily, day three is virtual for the Vikings. So they have three six rounders. Three, oh, six okay, rounders. great. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, well, why don't, why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? We've got our, our picks on record here of what we think every team should do in the situation, uh, you know, falling this way. So why don't we do that? We'll wait till after the draft. And then right after the draft, we'll break down every single pick and you will actually know who the sixth rounders are. And you can give us full scouting reports on everybody and uh, we'll awesome. have a grand time. So I will talk to you then, Chris. Thank you. And I'll just say one thank you before we finish to you for all of your great information all the way through getting everybody ready for this draft. Uh, You are my source um, for learning about this entire thing from how to pronounce names all the way to the very end. uh, to also just what these players are like, what what we should be thinking of them, how to form hot takes on them. And so I appreciate all the work you put in all year round um, to be ready for this. And it's been an honor to have my own draft show on the Purple Insider podcast, which I know is like one of the highest performing Blue Warrior podcasts out there. You're a great host, super gracious, uh, and it's been awesome to be on this every week to just be like, hey, I'm going to talk to Matt Collar about the draft, and we'll sprinkle in a little bit Vikings. Being a Buffalo guy, it's like I I know the Bills the best, but I feel like the team that I know the second best now is the Minnesota Vikings. I have like a vested interest now in how Kirk Cousins plays in 2022. Yeah, and so when I see you dropping uh, takes involving the Vikings on all these other shows that you're going on, I'm very proud. So, uh, plus that microphone was the one I told you to buy, and it sounds yes, great like awesome. on TV I and love stuff. It. So, uh, well, anyway, great stuff, Chris, and uh, we will talk to you again soon, man. Football.